It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, welcome to Project Recovery. This is a bonus edition. I am Casey Scott. That's Dr. Matt Woolley. Why are we doing a bonus edition? Because we got bonus material. We got the bonus guys. That's right. We've got just some great resources for those who are looking to help their family, their kids, their loved ones with kind of the mental health crisis that is upon us. I remember two years ago, Dr. Matt, you said mental health will be the next, pan- next pandemic. Yeah. And, and I think that unfortunately that's true. I wish I'd have been wrong. And it wasn't just my prediction. That's what we've been dealing with around the whole country. And what I love about what these guys are going to come in and talk about today is how to help people navigate that, like especially focused on our youth. Uh, we're going through a lot of youth-based mental health problems around the country uh, currently uh, coming out of the pandemic and things that are happening in schools and parents, teachers, other people, coaches that are working with kids. They need resources. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Today. And when it comes to coaches and people working with kids, we always bring in our good friend, Rob Eastman. How are you doing, buddy? And I'm so grateful to be here. I'm good. I love hanging out with you guys. So thanks for having me back. And uh, we just did a podcast with the guy next to you. His name is Brian Heaton. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm great. So you guys have teamed up uh, to form this resource and it's all about mental health and our youth. And you guys are calling it the village effect. Yeah. So Anybody that knows me knows I've been in the mental health world for a while, but I've also been in the schools coaching and kind of swapped over from adult addiction recovery stuff to the prevention piece. And when I did that, I found that I could make a big difference in these kids, but then they would go back home and be reindoctrinated with the bad habits or there was just a lot of pieces to the puzzles not happening. So I really jumped headfirst into it. And as Matt can Say for himself, like we we are overwhelmed with clients and it needed to get back. I just kept feeling like there's got to be some resources. There's got to be resources. I can only do so much. And then talking with Bri and his brother, Jameson, it's like they've been in the adult world for so long. Jameson went the school certified therapist. Bri went into the house inpatient rehab. I went into the schools and was on the street, you know, ground getting it done. And then I'm seeing all these young kids committing suicide, all these families drowning, not knowing what to do. Therapists are out a year. What can we do? So we started talking and it's like, we know. So we've learned so much in our own recovery. We've seen so much in our own travels through work and everything else. We know a ton of people and we have a ton of resources, but when you're struggling, when your family, when you're drowning and you Google mental health or rehab, 10,000 things come up. How do you know what's the right thing? So we felt like we could get into the houses, get into the families and share some of these resources, get to know their needs and help get them to where it is, whether that's working with us directly or if that's a program somewhere in the state or if that's a coach down the street, whatever it is, we need to get back to that village raising the kid. Like parents in this day and age, both parents have to be working. 
Mm. It's expensive. Yeah. So therefore, kids have more time. Blame the technology. They don't have anything else to do. They're doing school online. They're doing, you know, games are online. Socializing online. If the parents can't afford playing sports, there's no camps. There's no nothing. So what are they supposed to do? And everybody's just trying to juggle these pieces while our communities are struggling. So, Brian, tell me about Lake Effect. What? Where do you see it helping? No, Village Effect. I almost had it. Yeah, well, we normally talk about drinking and alcohol, and Lake Effect happens to be a bar. So. Yeah, but what, yeah, is, Vill- say, yeah. what is Village Effect? Uh, so, Village Effect is, is literally tapping into the village of professionals uh, and non-professionals and community and outlets that can help raise the youth of today. What kind of professionals uh, are you looking for? What kind of professionals do you have? I mean, when you say professionals, in, in what arena? In, in all aspects of life? Uh, well, primarily in aspects of medical. So plugging them into uh, nurse practitioners, doctors that um, are invested and passionate about mental health and, uh, and responsible as far as prescribing. Um, so medically, clinically, so plugging them in ideally to clinicians and social workers that are in recovery so they've lived an ad- adolescent life uh, like we have that maybe if they had some some support maybe if we had some 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 specific type of s- support uh, that we were that we trusted and were comfortable with mm-hmm. at the age of from 12 to 18 maybe we would have uh, talked about different things maybe we would have chosen some different things maybe it would have been uh, attractive to maybe walk down some different paths. Um, so we want to cover medical, clinical, spiritual, uh, physical in, in all areas, but we want all of these referral sources that we know and can tap into talking to each other about the same family. And so we're not referring to go, go talk to this practitioner here. Um, and then they'd go do that. And it sort of goes okay, and then it's okay, let's go try this therapist 20 miles over here. And they kind of like him because therapy is good for everybody, and that kind of burns off. Um, so, And I think families are kind of piecemealing or allocating mental health, where I think mental health, maybe mental health is treated with a team that's working together. Um, and so Village Effect is uh, – it. it it takes a village, right? It, in quotations, is we're we're kind of going off of that and really tapping into um, all of these amazing people ready to help. I mean, working in the adult field for a de- over a decade, there's like this army of of really healthy adults that want to help. And and it, for me, it got to a point personally where it's like recovery is amazing. I've got my life back. I've watched. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of others get their lives back too. Um, but then when you start to, to educate yourself on what the youth are going through, celebrating recovery for adults just changed a little bit. It's like, man. What if we can stop them before they have to get there? There's this really loud cry for help over here. And we're like, we're doing great over here now. But like, what are we going to do about this over here? You're now? speaking my language because in my graduate training, it was almost exclusively adults until my last year. And in my last year of training, 
I ended up um, uh, doing one day a week working with young kids, and I, I I didn't want to do it. I sort of got stuck with it, but I had a great supervisor, and in talking with her, she helped me see, like, you know, it's great to work with adults in various ways, and I wasn't necessarily doing much therapy back in those days. I was working with adults in other capacities, but she's like, I love working with kids because they're in development. They're developing the person, the adult that they're going to become. And if you th- and she said, if you think of it like a vector, we want to get to a healthy spot. But what if little tweaks and changes get those kids off a healthy trajectory? As professionals, we can maybe bring them back. So with little tweaks and changes, we can get these kids back on a healthy trajectory so their vector heads to that healthy adult place. And I think that's what you're talking about. That's what I like about working with kids. I work with a lot of youth, so older children, teens, and young adults. And people are still in that. I love working in that developmental time period because we can take something that's a small issue that definitely can become a big problem. But if we can help get them back on track, uh, that's very, very satisfying from a, a professional's point of view. But you said something interesting before we were on the air. You, you guys are talking about consulting, like helping people find the right fit. And I think that's that's hard. Tell us about how you do that. Uh, so I think we trust the people that we've met over the years. Uh, I, I think person that trying to fit um, – so trying to fit for me if I'm referring somewhere, I'm trying to fit personalities to personalities, uh, likes to likes and, and maybe some background to background um, and uh, personal stories to, to hopefully relate to other personal stories. So um, – Consulting with a family in a – I don't like the word consulting because I don't like uh, – I don't see myself as business, but I, I am. Um, but <laughs> so, but, but I, I hear that. But you know what? It is a, a, a healthy consultation. Consultation. You're, you're getting to know them, Conversation. Right? Yeah. Um, getting to know the family. We, we want to really get to know the family and, and what they like and what are their interests and where do they go and why do they go there. And then maybe we have some – Oh, I think we will have some outlets that we've just met some amazing people. You know, that- you brought up the family, and uh, Rob, you can take this one because I, I, I've been fortunate enough to hear you speak. And during your speech, uh, sometimes you'll stop and say, hey, look, not all dads are good at everything. And not all moms are good at everything. There are certain things that we're good at, and there are certain things that we're not good at. But that doesn't necessarily benefit the kid yeah i think a lot of us like i was saying before a lot of people try and wear every single hat which really pulls from the kid's development so i do what i do well right i focus on my fitness i focus on my youth i focus on my psychology i don't clean my house i don't there's certain things i just don't do i don't mow my lawn because the time it would take me to do that and build some bitterness (laughs) I can make way more money doing what I love. So if a stay-at-home mom is feeling resentful that she doesn't get to chase her dreams being a businesswoman, she would be better off going and being a businesswoman and coming home and having passion to her kids and allowing somebody that really wants to teach her kids something to teach them. As a coach, I can do more for your kid than you can in that setting because you get to be the dad. They get to come home and tell you something that they did today. You're not the one barking at them for doing something wrong. 
I mean, I, I love it. I'm, yeah. I mean, sometimes I talk to people about that as like recognizing the dual roles that you're playing in your life. If you're playing a dual role with your kid, for example, if you're trying to be the tutor and the parent, if you're trying to be the tutor, the parent and the coach, mm-hmm. you're going to fail at least one of those. And I, I've said what you're saying, especially in the tutoring arena. Um, I get at the University of Utah, I get the chance to work with the kids of a lot of really smart, well-educated folks. And one of the complaints I'll hear a lot is they're like, I know math better than their high school teachers. Why won't he sit and do his math with me? And we talk about the fact that that's, that's a dual role. It's not working. You know, if you can, wouldn't you just like to have a good relationship with your kid? It's worth the money to pay the tutor so that they can engage with them. And so I think that's what you're saying is helping parents identify their kids' needs and where to go to get them met instead of trying to meet them all themselves. Yeah. And I think if parents see that as a, as they're failing or they're not a good parent, if they refer them out, that's just not the case at all. No. And then what he was talking about earlier, too, with the therapy, you get one bad therapist. You didn't like the event. Therapy doesn't work. Right. And they throw it to the wind. hear that a lot. So if we can eliminate some of those things and kind of ease in and find what's necessary from day one, saved money and a better experience. So what you're saying is you guys have years of experience in the community. You, You know a lot of people. Okay. But your process is you get to know the kids and the family, the parents. And and then as you go through your process of getting to know them, you're able to match them better with the people in the community that can help meet their needs. Is that basically what um, now you've got me saying? Lake Village effect. effect. Oh, Village, effect. Village effect does right. There you go. Because yeah. I mean, uh, we have we know people uh, that younger guys that are you know thirty to thirty five years old, twenty five years old that are LCSWs. They're their masters level therapists that love to rock climb. So mm-hmm. if you come come across a 15-year-old that absolutely loves to go rock climbing, right. that, that might be a, a pretty good resource to, to plug him into and introduce and I him to. I think age. So I'll say this. Um, I, ha- I had a little bit of resentment towards one of my graduate trainers because he used to like to say the phrase, the art of therapy. And at that point in my career as a graduate student, I was like, I don't want there to be art in therapy. I want there to be science in therapy. I want to know what works. I don't want to be one of those fruity guys with a ponytail that's just telling you everything's okay. <laughs> that's not the kind of therapist I'm going to be. So don't tell me there's art in therapy. Guess what? There's absolutely art in therapy. You need science and you need effective treatments. But what you also need is a good match. And sometimes somebody will come in and meet with me and I'll say, you know what? This person should be working with a female therapist. Mm-hmm. Or now that I'm 50, sometimes I'm like, I was the right therapist for this kid 10 15 years ago, but I'm probably not anymore. They do need somebody who's 35 years old, right? And so finding that right fit creates the art. It creates the connection uh, that a lot of kids need. Adults can overcome that a little bit more, right? Like an adult who's serious about that, they don't necessarily have to connect. I mean, it helps still, but they don't have to have necessarily that same interpersonal connection. But you think about a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, there's more art in connecting with them. And so I appreciate the fact that you guys do this. And in in reverse, I've done this with Rob because I know I've sent some people to to work with him who I, as as soon as I met, I'm like, that person needs to work. They're going to fit with Rob. There you go. Right? Yeah. And that's what it's about. It's a a consulting and and referral, you know, source that hopefully uh, our hope is, is we have this amazing culture that we found as adults 
uh, from the from the treatment center that we went through that is real, and it's it's hundreds and and hundreds and hundreds of us literally that's that are still super tight and we stick together and it's this really healthy network. It's, it's like man, we have to try to build this with the youth, and if and if we can get them connecting and tethered on a mental health language, recovery language, uh, you know, hope and healing level and, and be a part of it and do it with them, um, at a home base. And, and like, let's, let's give it a crack. Cause if, if, and we feel like we can, and if, if that materializes, I think we're going to help a lot of people. So Rob, if uh, people wanted more about village effect and all the things that you can do, how do they find you? What do they do? Right now, the best outlet would be to either find me on Instagram at Tattooed Life Coach in the number eight, or we have our, we're about a week away from our website going up. Um, but yeah, reaching out to me or Brian um, and really getting involved. It's uh, the culture of like bullying or being the cool kid and not crying and all that. We, we want to make being vulnerable the new superpower, taking action on your mental health, the new cool thing, including people, connection, and just all-around kindness, man. It's being in those hallways. It's so sad to see those kids want to be so included, and even the ones that are bullying, they're doing it to look cool to be included in that group. It's like we got to get rid of all of that, strip it down. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has fears. Share them. That will connect you right there with half the room, and then come up with a solution. And we're trying to be part of that initial solution to make it okay for everybody to feel, but not okay to do nothing about it. You know, we want I people like to it. take action. I like it. Yeah, and we do have a, a a a blueprint website that works. It's functional. It's not pretty, uh, but it's going to be. It's okay. villageeffectut.com. Okay, uh, you can get on there and send a, a message. It'll come to me. Uh, and then we can go from there. So if a parent's listening to this and they think, you know, things are just not as good as they could be in our family. I think my kids are struggling. I, I don't really know where to go, what to do. That would be an appropriate person to reach out. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And the other part is we would love to see this happen before crisis. Right. It's right. so much easier when they've just started to taste the darkness, if they're just having a bad day once in a while. That's way better than if they need rehab or they need medication. Like, that's what athletics and coaching and therapy, it's like people think that's only for the bad time. It's like that's the right. stuff that will keep you going good and have less bad time. I had that conversation with uh, somebody literally this morning about her significant other who she is trying to let him understand that you don't have like you don't have to be broken to go get help like that that, that that's the old way of thinking that's what I call uh, excuse me physicians I call it the medical model everybody calls it the medical model and it works in medicine that's great mm-hmm. you, you don't go in and get your leg set unless it's broken right I mean that makes sense but that it doesn't work in mental health like waiting until you've had a crisis boy that's silly you know and if we understand that coming in getting some help getting some consultation uh taking advantage of the village of of people that we live around man we're so lucky in utah we have so many great people and great resources in utah we really do and guess what a lot of them just go un un unused until there's a crisis so i'm with you 100 percent on that let's have a different model 
I love it. So go check it out. It's villageeffectut.com. Uh, get a message to them. And uh, I can't wait to see what you guys do. And I uh, would love to have you guys come back. Deal. Love you guys. Thank you very much. All right. You're listening to Project Recovery. This has been a bonus edition right here on KSL. of this program are for informational purposes only. The program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician, licensed therapist, or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. KSL does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on the program. Reliance on any information provided on the program is solely at your own risk. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.